it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not sending the IRS after waiters and waitresses. Check this one out. Joe Biden vowed he wouldn't raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. But now the IRS zeroing in on people who work for tips. That's just how white folks will do you. Also going to dip back into the House oversight hearings where AOC, Congresswoman from right here in New York, throws a hell of a fit on the floor. AOC is a dope. We're going to get into that as well with Spectator Editor Chadwick Moore and comedian Diamond Dave Landau joining us in studio as well. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this thing where the only rule is you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent. All we ask is that you don't be a Big uh, big Thursday. Happy Thursday. We're ready to rumble over here in the Fela House. Uh, I'll be on with Sean Hannity tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, tomorrow, you will see me on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner. I'll be back on Hannity tomorrow night. And then Monday, right after the Super Bowl, right after Greg Gutfeld's big Super Bowl ad, I will be joining him on Gutfeld uh, this coming Monday night, February the 13th. But last night, last night, I was on with Jesse Waters on Waters World. We were talking about the kiss between Jill Biden and uh, Kamala Harris's husband, Douglas Emhoff, at the State of the Union. If you saw it, you were thinking to yourself, What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Little, it was a weird one. I got to be honest. So it's, it's like a half a second too long. Jill had her eyes closed. She looked, she looked very eager, is what I'm saying. I, you know, listen, I don't want to speculate. I'm not a doctor. But uh, judging by the body language, Joe might have been having some other problems with inflation. If you know what I mean. Come on, man. Okay, but I bring up that kiss because Biden uh, and his administration and the newly minted 87,000 IRS agents are now asking waiters and waitresses to kiss their tip money goodbye. That's not right. I got to be honest with you. Not only is it not right, but it's a direct, direct contradiction of what he has vowed up and down the campaign trail, something he said a million times as president. He has said, what? I will never, ever raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. It's a huge lie. Okay, we knew it then, based on the CBO analysis of the bills he was proposing, that it was, in fact, going to trigger tax increases for Americans, to be clear, in just about every single income bracket. But when you talk about waiters and waitresses, you understand the significance of this, okay, is that they represent in our tax base not a lot of money so what i'm saying is getting past the hypocrisy getting past the lying of it all okay we're now going into the couch cushions for money which is not something that happens when you're doing well i think he's got a point okay understand america took in more tax revenue last year than at any point in recorded history so we don't have a taxing problem, okay? We have 
a spending problem. He knows what he's talking about. That's why we're in the position that we're in. But the spending has gotten so far out of control. We're $31 trillion in debt, and the interest we pay on that debt is on course within 10 years to become the majority of the money we actually pay each year. This could be a problem. The biggest bill we have as a country is the debt on the money we're already borrowing to make ends meet. We're in a bad situation. Like if we're a household, okay, we're paying for everything on a credit card. And the interest alone on the card is more than the minimum payment. Are you ever going to get in good standing if that's the case? The answer would be no. But that's exactly where they have it. So when you hear the going after waitresses and, wait- and waiters, you realize we're also in a desperate situation, okay? Because these are not supposed to be, you know, traditionally the IRS safe spaces for revenue. The uh, I, guess, I guess what I would say to you is, um, you know, they're not the revenue drivers. Okay, people out there that are waiting tables, as I can tell you as a former cab driver, is if you're working in a job that's paying you in tips, you're generally not making $400,000 a year. You're generally living shift to shift, not paycheck to paycheck because you don't get one. Okay, waiters and waitresses get a reduced wage because they are also getting tips. Now, yes, you'd like to see people pay their fair share. But if your whole entire platform is going after the millionaires and billionaires, okay? You do look like a little bit of a scam when you start targeting the waiters and waitresses first. That is correct. Okay, and here's the deal, and we've told you this since word one. They don't expand the IRS to go after billionaires. You want to know why? Because billionaires, millionaires, they have accountants. They have attorneys. Okay, when you go after rich people, okay, you look at it like a pinata. You hit them with the pinata. You hit the pinata with a stick. You know what flies out of a rich pinata? An attorney. You hit it again. You know what flies out? A lawyer. And then you continue to hit it for about three or four years. And if you're lucky, you get a reduced settlement. You see the problem, and this is the reason we have such a fraudulent narrative going when it comes to tax revenue, is because the Democrats have pushed such an aggressive class warfare since Barack Obama got into office. Don't be thick, all right? Remember it was him? We're going to go after the Wall Street fat cats. We're going to tax the rich. going to get the big guys. You know, and then Bernie Sanders came along with the 1%. And then Elizabeth Warren, who used to lobby on behalf of big banks, now wants you to believe they're the problem. And, you know, she's taken on a whole new trajectory in her career. But understand, okay, the Democrats have pushed a narrative that in order to be rich, you must be a criminal. And that's the way they've always portrayed it. Oh, we got to go after the rich. A, you know, if you know if they're rich, they must be breaking the law. They must be making all kind of money. That's always been the implication. And a lot of people bought into it like, yeah, all right, what about the rich? Okay, but then think about this. If we really are to believe that all the rich are criminals, then what to do with all these people in Congress making $170,000 a year that somehow have 30 or $40 million in the bank? So I guess we have some issues. <laughs> think about the Pelosi's alone. Okay, you know what the Pelosi's are worth? More money than the good Lord above. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Dude, over $100 million. It's a job that pays a buck seventy. It's great money, great gig. But you'd have to be a hell of a savvy investor. <laughs> I understand her husband's trading stocks, but you got to be getting some real good tips if you're getting your hands on that kind of money. And that's reality. They always engage in an exercise in projection where we got to go after the rich. I mean, not not us. I mean, the other rich. 
You know, think about it's like Bernie Sanders yelling and screaming about capitalism. He has a speech coming up in Washington, D.C., where he said that the title of the speech is it's okay to be angry about capitalism. Okay, fair if that's how you feel. But guess what Bernie Sanders is doing? He's charging 500 bucks to get in. What a fraud. Think about that. It's okay to be mad about capitalism. Just make the check out to Senator Sanders and send it to Vermont. Okay, do you understand the scam of this whole thing? If you're going to a lecture about being angry at capitalism and you're paying 500 bucks to get in, the only thing you should be mad at is yourself. Bingo. Because you're an idiot. (laughs) You're a gullible fool. But as were the people who keep clapping for this. Here's Biden. State of the Union. Okay, do you remember this? He spoke. They shot him up with B-12. He spoke two nights ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And here he is claiming that no one under 400000 will pay more in taxes. Clip 12. Let me be crystal clear. I said at the very beginning, under my plans, as long as I'm president, nobody earning less than $400,000 will pay an additional penny in taxes. Nobody, not one penny. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Now the macho man's worked up. Somebody better get him a Slim Jim. Calm him down. Stick with me. So that's Biden with a straight face. As I've been saying all along, nobody making under $400,000 a year is going to pay more in taxes. Let me just read this to you so we all get up the speech. Uh, According to an IRS announcement came out earlier this week, the service industry tip compliance agreement, SITCA, if you're looking for an acronym, the service industry tip compliant agreement program would be a voluntary tip reporting system in which the IRS and service industry companies cooperate. The IRS claims this program would seek to improve tip reporting compliance, reduce administrative burdens, and provide more transparency and certainty to taxpayers. An IRS official telling Fox News Digital, this is not a proposal for the auditing of servers. Yesterday's action was a proposal for comment, not a rule, based on over a decade of feedback from restaurants and other businesses seeking the increased flexibility for their overall tax compliant on tips. This proposal is not in effect and is not intended, it is intended to welcome further conversation for all interested parties before any rule is put into place. So what they're saying is, well, we haven't started taxing the tips more aggressively yet. We're just having a conversation about tip compliance. I mean, our minds are wide open. It could go in any direction. Come on, don't bullshit me. Man, the agency lists some of the program's features, including monitor of employer compliance based on actual annual tip revenue and charge tip data from an employer's point of sale system and allowance for adjustments in tipping practices from year to year. Do you understand? We're not going. We're not going after tips. We're just going to monitor the tip revenue, the credit card tip data, and we're going to check the differences from year to year in each individual restaurant's on credit card tipping. No, not at all. That's not an increase. That's not an increase at all in taxes. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, understand the scam. I have been audited three times. Three times. Two of them happen to be a cab driver. Cab drivers, I don't know if you know this, but cab drivers get paid weekly. Uh, They get paid very weekly. Boom, boom. 
the worst thing I ever heard. Hey, girl, just being silly. But the point is, we don't make any money. But they audited me nonetheless. And the actual explanation when I got audited, because I had a lot of high gas receipts, it's like, we just don't understand how, you know, you and your wife and your small child could be getting by on such low income. You know, with the perception being, well, we must be hiding income. Dude, I was <laughs> living out of a sneaker box. Be like, what bank do you have? Bank of America? I'm like, I have Bank of Nike. <laughs> Come on, man. But that's who they drag in. Why? Because the minute they tell you there's a problem, hey, you know, you got some check for this thing. You technically owe us $94. You think I get on the phone with the IRS? And I'm like, hey, what? $94? How about you go f- yourself? You know what I'm saying? The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. No kidding. That's why you play along. You get whatever the hell they want. If you hit the rich, okay, look at it like an attorney. You hit the rich, yeah, like a pinata. You hit the rich. Hit the pinata with a stick. You're getting an attorney. You're getting some type of proposal from an accountant. You're getting a three-year settlement process. You're getting a lot less money, okay, than you might think you're getting. You hit the poor. You hit the middle class. We're the pinata. Money flies out of us because, number one, we don't, have, we don't want a problem. Number two, we don't have time. We don't have time to go do this stuff. And what are we always talking about? A negligible, negligible amount of money. Okay, every time I've ever been audited, I wound up owing them like a 1000 bucks, or they owed me a couple of bucks. We weren't talking about like massive amounts of cash. So you understand the fact that they're now going after the little guy as aggressively as they're going after the little guy means they need the money, okay? And it's not because, you know, the little guy represents that much cash. It's because the big guys are spending us into oblivion. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Will you raise taxes? I will raise taxes for anybody making over $400,000. So no new taxes, $400,000 No in new down. taxes. There would be no need for anything. Anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. No one. Let me emphasize, no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon because the man you just heard say on five different occasions, no one earning less than $400,000 will pay more in taxes. <laughs> no, as it turns out, they're going after the waiters and the waitresses. Biden sucks. It's not just Lincoln Fallon who feels that way. Joining us now from Tyler, Texas, James is in the house. Yo, James. Hey, man, we got to get you back out here to Tyler to get this place, at least show everybody in the country how it's supposed to work. Here in Tyler, we got it, we got it going right. Yeah, you do. Hey, I, man. Go ahead. 
I just wanted to tell you, this is ridiculous. I used to be a bartender, mm -hmm. and that was the funnest job I ever had. And if I was making $400,000 a year, I would have never looked for another job. I know. I'm telling Like, as a cab driver, are you kidding me? Because that was a tip job. I loved being a cab driver. I just didn't like the taste of cat food. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. it got old after a while. Go ahead. I know a lot of bartenders. I know a lot of servers. I'm like you. I like to tip big when I can. Yep. And, man, they, they are working their butts off for people who are basically a-holes and don't want to uh, – they don't want to even tip. It's just brutal. What, what Biden is doing is just absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, it really is, especially because you understand, like, these, these businesses were the ones who got smoked the hardest during the pandemic. They got shut down. People couldn't go out to eat. Then you had to be vaccinated if you wanted to go out to eat, depending on where you lived. And uh, these – the people in the service industry, as you know, you know, you have great nights, you have bad nights, but you're not living on a steady income per se. You know, so it's not even like they can just make some adjustment. It's that you've now just poked the government into the middle of their entire existence. And we're not talking about big money. You know what I'm saying? So if they're going after the waitress who's a single mom working at Friendly's right now, we got to be in a pretty desperate spot in terms of D.C., no? I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, buddy, man. Just come back out here to Texas. We'd oh. love to see you. Oh, James, and, it's uh, Really – Really enjoy the show. You're the man. All right, me and the white boots will be there in May. I'll see you soon, brother. There he goes. I cannot confirm or deny those allegations. We may be heading back uh, to do a stand-up event with KTBB. We're just trying to tie it all together right now. I have a lot. I'm going to give you an update later in the day. We added a lot more shows, just bought a lot of plane tickets, got a lot of traveling to do. We're going to be hanging out with this audience, with the waiters and the waitresses and the cab drivers. and the. It's unbelievable. They never, ever. Ever would have went after the tip industry in the 90s. Biden's the only president that would do this. You think Clinton was going to send the IRS after the strippers? I believe that together we can make America great again. I mean, come on, man. The only <laughs> no. The only way Bill Clinton was sending the IRS to get the strippers is if he needed help with his extension. But seriously, I'm being stupid. Why? Because this is stupid. Okay, we have a president. Again, I'll play the montage again. Here it is, clip 13. Just play it. Why not? Will you raise taxes? I will raise taxes for anybody making over $400,000. So no new taxes, $400,000 No in new down. taxes. There would be no need for any. And anybody making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. No one. Let me emphasize, no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more. And federal taxes. I mean. That is a lie. Seriously, Joe. Nobody making less than 400000 Except, you know, everybody making less than 400000 Biden. You suck, you jackass. It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888 788-9910. Emily Campagno coming up on the show in the 1 o'clock hour. We're also going to hear from Chadwick Moore, editor of The Spectator. Diamond Dave Landau going to be here as well, but right now we have some you and me time. Because if you remember yesterday, we were playing you some media clips in reaction to Joe Biden's State of the Union. We were told it was the greatest speech we have ever heard. By the Chris Wallace's over at CNN, by the Wolf Blitzers at CNN. Not even close! And that's not me and this little sound car telling you not even close. 
That's the ratings talking. What was the scuttlebutt yesterday? Oh, this was it. 2020-24, here we come. Biden's got all the momentum. The headline, Joe Biden's State of the Union, the lowest watched State of the Union in 30 years. I want to give you some perspective on how ridiculous this is. Nobody watched this thing. 27 million people, 27 million people watched the State of the Union. Okay. By comparison, Trump's second State of the Union got 45 million people when he walked up to the podium that night. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. So Trump got 45 million, Biden got 27 million. But the reason it's significant, this is not a Trump versus Biden thing, is there's a little bit of a trend here, okay? Biden, okay, in the last 30 years, holds the record for the two lowest ratings, okay? His first joint address to Congress, when you become president, they don't consider it a State of the Union because you're speaking a month after you got inaugurated. But Biden's first address to Congress was the lowest rated presidential address to Congress in 30 years. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, and he came within a few hundred thousand viewers of it the other night. So everybody in the media is like, oh, this was great. I'm telling you this because I care specifically to people who are on the left. You think the media does you a favor by lying and shielding Democrats. Oh, this is great. They're never going to criticize my guy. That's why we'll be in power forever. Wrong. No, it hurts you, and it hurts your party. Why? Because if you don't acknowledge the problems in this country, number one, they don't get solved if you're somebody who just cares about the country. But even if you care about your party, if you're working long con, if the media is willing to overlook catastrophes like inflation and the border until they metastasize to the point that everyone in the country is getting affected by the problem, Okay, ultimately, that does come back to bite your party in the butt. So it is of no benefit to you that you have clips like this one I'm about to play you from Andrea Mitchell, where she says this is a real thing. She says it was courageous of President Biden not to have gotten more aggressive with China. That was embarrassing. I want you to hear this because the point she's making is she says, well, you know, all the Republicans wanted him to get tough on China. All the Democrats wanted him to get tough on China, but he didn't do it. And that's courageous. This is amazing. Clip 31. What Joe Biden did tonight by not taking on China more aggressively was politically, politically courageous, if you will, in terms of the domestic support. Because mm-hmm. as you know very well, the polling is that, you know, 75 percent of America. There's no downside getting tough on China. Yeah, right. there's no they downside. They want a tougher line and yep. the Republicans are in line with that and a lot of democrats are and there's going to be a resolution next week and it's going to pass with democratic support well journalism in this country is dead and buried okay so she's saying no no it's it's, it's actually a good thing that biden didn't get tough with the country that spied on our nuclear facilities lied to our face and said it was a weather balloon and then flew it across the rest of the country to the eastern seaboard. Joe Biden deserves to be driven from office and disgraced. But understand, okay, Andrea Mitchell telling you with a straight face, oh, no, it was courageous. That was it's unbelievable what he did right there. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. Okay, understand that on the world stage, okay, we are uh, in baseball, you know, they say if you have a catcher with a weak arm, 
Okay, doesn't throw the ball down the second base very quickly. Okay, people steal a lot of bases. They go, oh, that guy, but Biden's behind the plate. Yeah, no, no, we're stealing bases all day. We get on base, we're running. Okay, that's foreign policy. You know, the whole speak softly to carry a big, you know, big stick. Our foreign policy is babble incoherently and drag along a big teleprompter. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Okay, and it has created the perception that we have a weak arm. That emboldens the bad guys. What we did in Afghanistan, capitulating to a terror group, fleeing, leaving behind our people and $85 billion worth of our weapons, okay, that demonstrated a weak arm in the world stage. It's why China encircled Taiwan. It's why Russia invaded Ukraine. It's why China's flying balloons over the place right now. And when people in the media tell you, no, it's a good thing that Biden didn't do more, because, you know, after all, Everybody who knows anything wanted him to do more. Seventy five percent of Republicans, 75 percent of Democrats wanted him to do more. So it's a good thing that he didn't do more. Wait, what? Do you know anything? No. The truth is, Andrea Mitchell would know better. But Andrea Mitchell is a fraud. She's a clown. OK, she's just shilling for a Democrat administration, <laughs> which is why it's so funny that when that speech was over, Okay, and they don't listen to themselves. They're only talking to each other. They thought that was a home run. Every clip I played you yesterday, they were having a party after the State of the Union. (laughs) And then the ratings came out and, well, (laughs) that was a bad one. And one of the things we talked about a lot, okay, when we reacted to the State of the Union was, I think they shot him up on like Adderall or B12. And I'm only telling you this because I'm about to play you some clips from Biden on PBS yesterday. Okay, Tuesday night he speaks for 72 minutes. They shot him up with something. I can only tell you that, like, a, you know, it's not speaking to you as a, me- as a you know, medical professional, but as someone who was a comic and a cab driver, like, I know what people on drugs look like. <laughs> I know when someone's, like, hopped up. Like, just the difference in my house when Jenny's caffeinated and she's not caffeinated. She's not caffeinated. She's this good old sweet Jenny, the best woman I've ever met. But when she's caffeinated, she will tell you a 37-minute story without taking a breath. And me and Lincoln give her a hard time about it all the time. God love her, and it's just caffeine. Okay, Joe Biden spoke for 72 minutes. He was speed slurring his words. At one point, he said, we have to choose between unity and shrugging. And now I agree that unity is a good thing. But I, I mean, honestly, I, I do want to hear out the shrugging on people. Because what if it's better than unity? I don't know. And that's, that's where I'm left with more questions than answers. But the point is, having been around people who do drugs, okay, Joe Biden, just so you understand, is getting shot up with something before major events because there's this, I mean, a night and day boost in his demeanor, his energy, the pace at which he speaks, the forcefulness behind his words. Okay, let me give you Biden. Okay, at the State of the Union, I'm going to give you some of the Biden at PBS because it's just fascinating stuff. Okay, at the State of the Union, he's a a little hopped up. Joe Biden, hear me roar. Like here he is getting booed for saying – Republicans want to cut Medicare and Social Security. Clip 16. So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. 
That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if... Now, the word he was looking for, to be clear, is conversation. Biden's lost his marbles. But I chose that specific clip for a reason. Okay, you know, he's engaging with a back and forth with Republicans. He goes off prompter almost, almost effectively. He gets the word wrong just by a little bit. He's going for conversation. He says conversion. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Okay, but he's a little more assertive. But I bring it up because we only have, this is very important, okay, and everybody who listens to the show that just prioritizes an honest conversation, okay, we only have one politician on record since 1995 saying he wants to cut and has tried to cut Medicare and Social Security. That man's name is Joe Biden. Yeah, that's a real thing. We keep receipts on this show. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Here is Biden as a senator in 1995 saying that he himself tried four times in 20 years to free Social Security and other programs. Here it is, clip 18. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it the third time, and I tried it a fourth time. <laughs> Wait, what? What's going on here? I'm sick and tired of all of this bullshit. Every single thing Biden demonizes Republicans for is something Biden has done. Tell them like it is. Oh, the Republicans are a bunch of racists. Oh, they want to hold back the black community. Joe Biden marched with segregationists to stop the integration of school buses. Oh, the Republicans are systemically racist. They put all the black people in jail. Joe Biden wrote the 1994 crime bill that overzealously targeted nonviolent black drug offenders, people who smoked weed, okay, over a quarter of a million of whom have been freed by Donald Trump's First Step Prison Reform Act. A quarter of a million of those people went to jail as weed-smoking black people under the Biden crime bill. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? They impeached Trump for corruption in Ukraine. Last I checked, it wasn't the Trump family making millions of dollars in Ukraine. Are you the big man, Joe? It's always the case. But that boring Biden State of the Union, okay, results in a morning-after interview where he starts talking about classified documents and says nobody cares. It's clip 32. What I was talking about was what was laid out, all these documents who were top secret, code word, and all the rest. I'm not at liberty, and I'm not even sure. I I made voluntarily, no one's had to threaten to do anything. Voluntarily opened every single aperture I have with the house, offices, everything, for them to come and look and spend hours searching my home, invited them. Nobody, and... So, and the best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up are things that from 1974 and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. So he's telling you the documents are from 1974, which number one is probably not true. But number two, if that's what you're going with, 
your excuse is even worse than what you're being accused of. Don't forget, when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, they only found documents in a padlocked room and in Trump's office, both of which have 24-hour Secret Service protection. Biden's now telling you they were in his house, they were in his garage, they were in his office at the University of Pennsylvania, but he doesn't know how they got there. And don't worry about it because they've been there since 1974. So Biden's explanation for the Trump raid was, how could anyone be so reckless? My God, imagine who could have had access in the weeks those documents were in Mar-a-Lago. Okay, this guy's now telling you that he's had documents in his place for close to 50 years. Do you understand? Psychotic. And it's all an exercise in projection. Okay, talks about dividing the country. Here's clip 35. Looking at why the country's so divided politically, culturally, what do you think? Why do you think it is? Well, I think it's a number of reasons. Number one, I think that uh, we, uh, um, there was a deliberate effort by the last guy to, uh, to play on people's fears and to uh, appeal to uh, base instincts. I mean, uh, and it, it just, it's not who we are. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Really think about that. Is this, we're divided because the last guy was, you know, playing on people's fears. Dude, Joe Biden flat out said that Georgia's voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. So not only is the Klan back, but they're on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. He told us what? Oh, the border agents were whipping Haitian migrants. The police are systemically violent, you know, violent and racist. We're all going to die if we don't get vaccinated. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. He called MAGA semi-fascists, semi-fascists. Now, well, you know, the problem is the other guy was so divisive. I know, you know, because when I look out at the country and I look at the semi-fascist white supremacist racists on the right, that are the clan on steroids. I just wonder why these people don't want to come together. Okay, Joe Biden is a buffoon and he's finished. And the only thing he'll be doing for the country come 2024 is serving as a sleep aid when you're trying to get to bed. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready for a pretty happening hour. Emily Campagno is coming by. She is the co-host of Outnumbered. We're going to be hanging out with my man Chadwick Moore. who's was on Tucker the other night. They were making me laugh. We were yapping about all this woke nonsense that's going on right now. Like all the, you know, you know how that works. Everything woke turns to Does it ever? <laughs> it's so crazy, man. I try. You know, you host, a, you host a talk show. You talk to people all over America. You process everything going on in the news. And uh, you really, like, you, there were days where I, like, I take a step back and I'm like, what is actually happening? Like, I don't, <laughs> I want to tell you I understand it. But there's a lot of days where, I, like, I genuinely don't understand it. The world has kind of, like, lost its mind. Like, prior to getting this show, you remember, I used to be like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm intellectually qualified to be leading a show of this magnitude on a national stage. And after all, there are people listening from around the world right now. Surely, with my community college background, I couldn't regale the masses. I wouldn't have the intellect. <laughs> then I look at who's actually running the country. Then I look at who's actually working at the other media outlets. I'm surrounded by idiots. Exactly. And I'm like, all right, let's get on the air and have some fun. So I'll be back at the top of the hour as, as confident as I'll ever be to do anything in this world because everybody out there is a freaking moron right now. It's fascinating stuff. I agree with that. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America. We kind of stack the deck today. Diamond Dave Landau, one of my favorite comics anywhere, is coming by to wrap it up. Chadwick Moore is going to be here, uh, senior editor over at The Spectator. Uh, and we don't normally lead the hour with a guest in studio, but there was a woman on the outnumbered couch in the last hour making such brilliant points. And uh, we tried to get her. She couldn't come. Uh, but her co-star... Is here in studio now. I knew that was coming. You're so predictable. Look. The second you started compliment, I was like, oh, that's clearly not for me. <laughs> Who is the joke going to be about? Me. Emily Campagno is in the house. And you're welcome for it, buddy. Oh, here it is. <laughs> this crowd likes you so much more than I do. Uh, good to see you, pal. Hey. One of the highlights, I kind of texted you this, but I, you, it can't even be done justice over the... Over the uh, over the text is when me and Lincoln were out in Reno telling jokes oh this weekend, and someone asked some drunk, you know, hammered. It's kind of a creepy question, but Lincoln made it work. He goes, "What does Emily Campagno smell like?" And Lincoln goes, "Beer." <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Not only for accuracy, but for yeah. that comedic genius, man, obviously <laughs> strong in his DNA, dude. Well, I loved it so much. But, I told everyone about that. Oh, that's, Love it. That's so funny because I literally it's like true. said to Lincoln, I'm like, wow, so you really are sniffing Emily when she comes over the house. <laughs> the dog. Giving you the full dog treatment. Goodness. I don't even need to ring the doorbell. You just smell beer and you're like, Em's here. Oh, Em's here. The dog gets excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny, pal. But yes, you are, uh, you're a big hit on the road. Um, did you ever find a home? Uh, for the Alan Cole Mustang I gave you, is it in your office? Of course, yeah, front and center. Okay, okay so let's talk about it because I heavily decorate this studio, but yeah. this has become a point of conversation as we have friends here at Fox that are all moving into new offices, like Brian Brenberg just got a show and stuff. I've been advising people that there's a slippery slope between decorating your office and opening an Applebee's. 
and you are very close to an Applebee's. Oh, I think I passed that like a year ago. <laughs> My office is on the tour of Fox of the like, yeah. and now for the like final act, brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to open this door and it becomes like, it's like the, the clown hotel where your eyes can't really take it in. But here's the thing, just like your office mm-hmm. in my office, every everything is has a story, yes. is beloved it and came from the road or, yes, for me. 400%. It represents um, my gratitude, my connection, my relationship with so many people that are, are like me, uh-huh. uh, hardworking Americans and patriots yep. that support Fox and what we do here. And then so much of it, too, is me supporting law enforcement yeah, and our heroes is. in uniform. But, so just, but just to be clear, it's, it's, organized. it's an Applebee's. She has two-for-one appetizers every day for four. <laughs> Six. So like every, I, wish. I, I just came here to make Sounds a photocopy. Amazing. Yeah, it does. Jalapeno popper? Hey, mozzarella stick? Here you go. <laughs> she wears flair and everything. Emily Campagno's in the house. We're having a chat. She just got out the off the outnumbered couch. My man Ari Fleischer, who is a big sports fan, uh, I don't doubt will be watching the Super Bowl this weekend. Are you fired up to watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm not as fired up as I would be. You don't care about a team. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, yeah. I have my money on it. Mm-hmm. We have a, a bet going the game that we're doing when we watch is whenever everyone has to pick a team the second you walk in the house doesn't even matter just like pick a team Mm -hmm. and then whenever the other team scores then you have to take a shot and each team has their shot um one is green tea and the other i can't say on air really it it has the word red on it whoa it's the name of a shot it's just an inappropriate name so it's a green you know green and red green tea and then so back to lincoln's earlier comment (laughs) what does emily campagno (laughs) smell like Beer. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of truth in advertising on this show. <laughs> well, I love the Super Bowl. Um, you know, obviously, because I love the Americana, you know, it's yeah. like the, I, could, I could care less about either of these teams, too. Because like New York people were conditioned to hate Philly, but I also don't care because I respect the passion of Philly fans. Yeah, I'm rooting for them. Actually, They get rowdy. OK. Yeah. And, you know, the Chiefs are a good team and we're on the air all over Kansas City. We're on the air in both both markets. So I, I have to be careful. Uh, but I do love the spectacle, the commercials, you know, obviously. Obviously, the halftime shows. Rihanna's in the promo they're shooting right now. It's Rihanna. I don't know who else comes in. But um, do you have in your head an all-time best Super Bowl halftime show? Because I have one, and I'm willing to go first. Well, I'll go. uh, Okay. Anthem, hands down, Whitney Houston. And we know Chris Stapleton is singing the anthem this. Um, Prince, obviously. That was your favorite. 100%. Okay. Do you think it was better than the Michael Jackson? Because the Michael Jackson one was really next level. That's the one where he comes out. He's got like the bullets on the black think, and gold. I think it's just because like Prince has my heart. So I yeah. hear what you're saying, and I think in that in that contest, yeah. the answer there's nothing technical. It's yeah. just who has your heart. It's, it's just, just that point because they're both off the charts amazing. Yeah, yeah, they are yeah. both incredible. Okay. So you, but you were gonna say Michael Jackson or I would, Prince? I would say Michael Jackson, pound for pound. Okay. Because that was also like the peak of his stardom. Right. You right. Know, and he's out there on the West Coast. It's gorgeous out. He's got the the bullets and the you know that was a hell of a show. But I'm with the you, man. I'm I'm the like. You know me. Nothing gets me happier. Like nothing is like my happy place mm-hmm. is like a group of people, like a community watching or doing something together that yes. is like happy and exciting. Uh, yes. And I love the I love the process. Yes. I love everyone in their homes or the bars or whatever they're in and food is made and the commercials and everyone like 
that is the Super Bowl is my Super Bowl oh. because it's the ultimate social gathering that like I love. Like there's nothing more depressing to me. Like even more depressing than the day after Christmas is the day after the Super Bowl because it's like <laughs> the letdown of like I'm like, "Oh, it's just me in my apartment" instead of like me with like 20 people in this awesome house and like games and teams and colors and everything and in a way not having a cat in the fight is sort of good cuz it means that I won't freak out and like yeah. You know, the bash game, a window through. The, yeah, like, the game won't dictate your happiness. Right. I can just calm down instead of being let down like I constantly am by Raider Nation. Yeah. Oh. Although next year it's at it's at Allegiant Stadium yes, in is. Las Vegas. So next year I wouldn't even be here at this time. Yeah. I'll be already drunk, bloated <laughs> in a Las Vegas curb. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Silver and black. Just kidding. <laughs> Silver and black eyes. Should be roughed up. <laughs> Emily Campagno in studio. We're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about America. It's Super Bowl week. And there's nothing more America. I would argue, and I say this a lot, okay, the Super Bowl is like the last bastion of common culture. It's the only thing we all watch. Right. We actually all watch it. We don't all watch like award shows. Some of us bag on them. Some of us watch them. Some of us have tuned them out. But the Super Bowl is the one thing that people are watching who aren't even football fans. 100%. More than any other, more than the World Series, more than Stanley. Like, I totally agree with you. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in the, like, national flush? What does that mean? It means that at every commercial break, the legend is oh. that we strain our pipe and plumbing systems because <laughs> that's when everyone runs to the restroom. This sounds like a plot in a comedy. <laughs> like South Park? Yeah, like a weird South Park or something or the old movies. Well, I guess that's sort of just like New York on a regular Monday. It's like, you know, <laughs> crap floating. And like, I'm like, oh, God, oh, crap's they, like coming in a tidal wave. Yeah, in New York, at least they're doing it indoors. We're like, progress is everywhere. <laughs> Progress is everywhere. Yes, I love the commercials, love the pageantry of the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, like, I do agree with you on the Whitney Houston National Anthem. I don't think anything's ever come close. No, and, oh, not even. Well, no, no, no voice has yeah. ever come close to hers ever and ever will. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'm reading through a list of Super Bowl performers while we're sitting here. Um, wow, there's some, some weird ones that I forgot even happened. In 1995, Josh, <laughs> do you know the halftime show was Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye? <laughs> With Tony Bennett, Patti LaBelle, Arturo Sandoval, and Miami Sound Machine. They've Brilliant. come a long way. Never. <laughs> and by the way, how could Miami Sound Machine, which is essentially Gloria Estefan, not get top billing in 1995? Coming out of the dark. <laughs> That's so funny. Dude, amazing. Okay, I'll give you some more. Yeah, we had 1994 Rockin' Country Sunday with Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis oh, Tritt, and Nona Naomi Judd. He's fantastic. Okay, fantastic. 92 was Gloria. Oh, that's why she didn't get top billing. She was 92. Ah. Winter Magic with Gloria Estefan and the University of Minnesota Marching Band. Where was the Super Bowl that we had Winter Magic in the universe? I'm trying Yo, to think. I feel like that's more fitting for a community college halftime <laughs> show than Super Bowl. Come on. I mean, come on. on. Okay, 91. Jenny Fela liked this one. Small world tribute to 25 years of the Super Bowl with new kids on the block. That's right. Hey, girl. That's right. Uh, so 90, they were in New Orleans. It was a salute to New Orleans uh, and the 40th anniversary of Peanuts. With trumpeteer Pete Fountain, oh, Doug Kershaw, Thomas, like, dancing, the Charlie like, Brown. Dun, dun, Wait, dun, dun, um, dun. Yeah. what? Uh, what's the name of this year's? Like, those are all themed names. Do we have a name? Let a theme? I, I never, I never realized there were. They don't always name them. No, they don't always name them. Like 2021 was called the weekend. 2020 <laughs> was called Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. <laughs> And by the way, I you, think they stopped theming it because yeah, it was like weird. It got 80s. a little weird. Yeah, because yeah. 2017 was Lady Gaga. Yeah, The Who. Here we go. Um, but let me see. Let me just, I'm just giving you a few because there were some weird ones I forgot were a thing. Okay. Who would be like your, your ultimate 
I mean, George Michael, R.I.P. Yeah. Like, is there one that you that you would love to see next year? Would you be like, oh my god? Oh, like a living Super Bowl halftime show. Let's Bon really Jovi and jo- Aerosmith. Yeah, you know the the best thing they could do because Jay Z's in charge, and uh, he he's curating the talent. And a lot of it is like, you know, Rockefeller record, like his, right. you know, which is his good. And, and the stuff is very popular. Last year was West Coast because they were out, you know, in L.A. Right. And with the Dr. M&M. Dre and yeah. the Shady label and everything like that, which was great. But, yes, I don't think there's anything more culturally agreed upon because rap is huge. Rap is so mainstream. It's not niche. It's as big as rock now in terms of record sales. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything more culturally agreed upon than 80s music. People like the pop 40 hits of the 80s. So I think if you were going to make a badass Super Bowl show, I think that's what you would go and do. So like, like Journey, Journey. Thank you. Yeah. Bon Jovi, bring yep. in a little Def Leppard. 100%. You know what I'm saying? And rock it out. Basically like Emily's workout playlist. Yeah, literally. So basically what is on my cell yeah. phone right now. Yeah, her ringtone um, is Rocket by Def Leppard. It would, be, it would be kind of cool to bring in that, The I mean, they're a British band, like to bring in yeah. the global, because the NFL actually does a lot of games, yeah. you know, in London, Raiders oh. play there once they ever, that'd be great. I'm, I'm down with that idea. We could plan it. Can you guys get Jay-Z on make the phone quick? Just tell, I've been, I've been meaning to call back Beyonce anyway, so let's just <laughs> make it right. Emily Campagno is here. Um, let's talk about this. Is there a go-to food at the Super Bowl? Is it like automatically wings? Is there anything that's like a staple in your well, world? Well, it depends where I am. Okay. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, am I hosting or am I visiting? Oh, am I, I thought I you meant bar? are you conscious? Because I've been to some parties with you. All right, <laughs> am I in the hospital? But- <laughs> so if I'm if I'm cooking, if I'm hosting, mm-hmm. then it's then it's very, I would say, traditional. So it's hamburgers, but it's always my antipasto. And then it's a ton. I make a mean guacamole, as you know. Yeah. Um, it's all of that stuff. And then if I'm out, then I'm, yes, wings, brought all that stuff. At your house, yes. it's like 100 different types of meat and uh-huh. then potato salad. Uh-huh. Um, and then at this house that I'm going to this year, I don't know, I haven't been there before. So I'm just hoping the host keeps saying, no one has to bring anything, no one has to bring anything. So for me, it's just about quantity. If there's enough... That's terrifying to me. Does he know how much I eat? I don't think he does. <laughs> I'm like... I, I, he also doesn't know like what a good host you are. People don't know this about em- Emily. Well, I mean, people who know her know this about Emily. But when you go over her house, this, like, cable news, super starlet, brilliant woman that you know transforms into this old Italian man <laughs> who's just forcing olives on you and fancy cheeses and wine. But you've never been happier in your life. <laughs> so it's like it's, it's – You concer- leave sweating salami and, like, reeking <laughs> of so, olives. But I'm no, like, no, it's so true. Hungry. She's like, you got to have it a sauce. I'm like, Emily, where did this accent come from? I don't understand. <laughs> We're dipping bread in everything. This is crazy. So I just, you know, from – a from a, a, a judgment standpoint, I know you would never say anything out loud, but you are going to be rendering a very strong opinion in your head. I don't doubt 100%. that. Wow. If you're going to host Emily Campagna, you better A-game it. <laughs> I mean, we, we would have invited you if my mom would let you back in, but no, oh, I kid. Stop it. Marianne my, loves me, and my, I love her meatballs. Well, my mom and Ann. What Fran, are you guys, what are you cooking? Are you doing your usual smorgasbord, the yeah, meat smorgasbord? Yeah, it's all just a cry for help. It's so good. It's no, so it's much. not. It's, it's, it's amazing. Is what it, It's heaven it, on earth. It is. It's a, it's a, it's, but this is what happens. It's a heart attack and a sack <laughs> my brother gets like a hundred white castles which is disgusting <laughs> then there's wings there's a hero there's pizza you know what i mean All are you gonna dips. make that awesome mac and cheese that you've been yeah, doing 
yeah, layer. the Gruyere mac and yeah. cheese with the gout. We oh, have the guy comes. So there's a guy who he saws your foot off right there in the living room, so you don't have to miss the game. <laughs> no, it's really it's disgusting, but it's great. You know what I mean? It's the best thing about America. It's Super Bowl weekend. We just did 20 minutes of no news whatsoever. Wasn't this great? Bliss. This should be the only thing we ever do. <laughs> this would be great. I cannot wait to talk about all the commercials and yeah. all the performances and the game on the other side. Yes. And how much we ate. That's a, that's an actual thing. So I'll bail you out Monday morning, and I'll see you back here. Quarter is a phone call. <laughs> Emily Campagno, the best of the absolute best. Watch her every day on Outnumbered. Until then. Get her out. Get her out of here. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. Super Bowl weekend. Lincoln Fallon will be on tomorrow for his preview. Just going to hear from Texas Representative Wesley Hunt. And a really exciting guest is on the show tomorrow. If you remember one of my favorite movies of all time, something you hear a lot about on this show is the movie uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> Mark Holton. Mark Holton, who played Francis in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, one of the most notorious bicycle thieves in the world. It's then, of course, the movie Teen Wolf. You might even recognize Mark from The Naked Gun. Bingo. He uh, he was watching us on, I was on The Five. I was filling in for Gutfeld on The Five. And uh, Kennedy and I had mentioned his movies. And he happened to be watching. And so he sent me a message and was like, oh, it was so cool to hear my name on Fox. I was watching The Five. And I was like, oh, dude, you have no idea. We love you. Are you crying? Oh, my gosh. So uh, we booked him. He's coming on the show. I get to talk to Francis and ask him what he did with Pee-wee's bike after he stole it and sent it to the Alamo and everything in between. It's going to be exciting. So it's Friday. We're going to be playing loose ball tomorrow. Chadwick Moore is coming up today in the next break. And then we have Dave Landau as well because the world's on fire. And we're trying to roast some radio marshmallows. So we just had this whole State of the Union where every other word, every other word out of Biden's mouth was BS. You can't just make up lies about people. But that's exactly what he did. And now what we're finding is the rating for the State of the Union, as I was saying earlier, tanked. Lowest rated in 30 years. Biden owns the two lowest addresses to Congress in the past 30 years. Years. Oh, I'm in trouble. And the fact that his approval rating is as low as it is, 39 percent, the fact that 71 percent of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction, has people looking around for other candidates to replace him on the Democratic ticket. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. The people's pantsuit actually has gotten um, legitimate mention. There's talk of her getting in there. Uh, There's talk of... (laughs) Let's talk of Kamala Harris running on her own. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. A lot of people feel that way. But uh, the scuttlebutt, if you will, and I told you this earlier in the week, is that people think Kamala's coming off the ticket. That would be a precursor of getting rid of Biden next. I have an op-ed right now. It is on foxnews.com that I wrote about the possibility of Kamala coming off the ticket. If you want to see it, read it, foxnews.com. You read my op-eds on the biggest news site in the world, and you do walk away thinking you could have one on there, too. I mean, that's the whole point of putting me on the air. Fox is like, I want to empower people. 
they listen to Jimmy Fallon for three hours a day, they'll be like, dude, if this guy has a show, I can have a show. Are you crazy? Probably have five shows. Probably have a show, a spinoff special, a, a wine line, <laughs> fashion endorsement. Jimmy Fallon's on the air. Good gosh. Could train an ape to host one of these shows. New poll. Here it is really quickly. Shedding light on who Democrats prefer. Should Biden decide to drop out of the race? Okay. Biden says he's going to run again. You know, he says he's the only president who can beat Reagan. But stick with me. New poll, according to a poll of 2,194 people. They say Kamala Harris tops a Biden-less Democrat field. Uh, but that's because they haven't gotten to know her. Uh, Hillary Clinton comes in second at 20 percent. Hillary would beat Kamala. I mean, she would literally beat Kamala. <laughs> She'd beat her up. <laughs> Pete Booty Judge comes in third place at 11 percent. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. And then we've got Gavin or Newsom uh, at 10 percent. And then even AOC gets 10 percent of that vote. Bottom line is any way you slice it. The Democrats got nothing. That's true. That is true. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon holding this country together. It's Thursday. America's running hot right now, like a bag of cats, like a Real Housewives episode, except nobody wants to throw wine at each other because they need the booze. Uh, Joining us now, I think he's moved on to stronger stuff than booze, a senior editor over at The Spectator, damn good friend of the show, author of So You've Been Sent to Diversity Training, Chadwick Morris here. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for holding America together for us. <laughs> it's going great, can't you tell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you can you feel the unity? Well, listen, I, we're at a crossroads because the other night Biden did say we should choose unity over Schmagerna. But I don't know that we should. I mean, unity's great, but have you ever dabbled in Schmagerna? Yeah, I've dabbled in Schmagerna, and I don't think that it's the right way to go. And and he's uh, not really um, creating that unity vibe, is he, when he pivoted <laughs> to then blaming uh, half of America for the crazy BLM hippie that attacked Paul Pelosi. Yeah, how about uh, that? He just can't help himself. No, he's such a mess. But I, the guy I always feel bad for again and again is the sign language interpreter. There were f- at least 15 <laughs> moments where that man was forced to shrug the other night because he didn't have a sign. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> The speed speed slurring. And I've been asking this all week because I'm trying to get theories from people. You've seen people shot up on drugs, whether they shot up or snorted up or whatever the hell they were. Was your immediate takeaway in watching him speak at the beginning of that speech that he had been hopped up on something? Oh, absolutely. It was like World War II levels of military-grade amphetamines that they <laughs> pump him full of. He was, Because he had the energy. Yeah. You know, he wasn't falling asleep. But he was slurring, and and then those sort of like rapid, like violent mood yes. swings that people hopped up on speed yes. often have. You know, he kind of shouts for no reason, and then calms down again. And, I'm, <laughs> and oh, he's so hopped up, he's pumped full of you know what, God knows what. You know what it reminds me of because you just articulated it perfectly. They're give he they're giving him energy, but it's only amplifying the flaws in the persona. You know what I'm saying? Because now he's yeah. slurring words forcefully and he's yelling randomly. What it, <laughs> what it reminds me of is if you've ever been around like an 80-year-old woman who has like new lips and fake boobs, it's like the rest of her is still 80. Even though she's got like this perky everything else, the rest of her is 80. And you're like, all right, what's going on here? Why are you doing this to me? 
Why why is this a thing? And that's what they did. That's exactly what they did, Chadwick Moore. You have crystallized it in my head. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. You, you put it perfectly. He, it, it's amplifying the slurring and the confusion, but there's just a lot of energy behind you, it. You know what the best one was? He's like, name me one leader in the world, one leader that would trade places with Xi Jinping. <laughs> name me one. I'm like, oh, the president for life who's actually making a gazillion dollars off of our stupid green energy. Like, actually, I think a lot of people at their core would sign up to be Xi Jinping. I'm not saying me, but world leaders. These are the most unscrupulous people on the planet. Uh, he has absolute control over a billion people, and he can jail them if they say the wrong words on the internet. I think every Democrat in the world would want to be Xi Jinping. <laughs> they're all they're all trying to be Xi Jinping. That's the point. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, they're all fighting to become him. That's, that's so funny. Chadwick Moore is on the line, and we're excited about it. Did you see the kiss uh, between Jill Biden and Douglas Imhoff? Because it did look a little, to me, it looked like a half a second too long. What was your takeaway? Yeah, it, it lingered a li- just a li- just long enough to think that it was kind of creepy and odd. The man who was kissing his wife while you wearing know, a mask. You know. <laughs> the last time we saw that man's lips touch someone, it was cloth between him and his wife's cloth. It's so funny. That lingering. <laughs> yeah, he kissed his wife outdoors with a mask on. And then he gets yeah. into the chamber, goes right in. And you want to know something? I was on with I was on Waters World last night. He was asking, you know, he was really trying to break it down. Like we Pruder filmed the kiss, and Jesse had proposed the idea that they both went in for the customary hello kiss, and the angle was off, and they kissed on the lips. I fought back against that. Uh, the reason being is because I, based on the body language and just the just a slightly extra second, that was just a kiss of two people who knew they had one coming. They don't get a lot of them. They don't get to wander off the reservation. So they just made it count. Like, it didn't make me think they were having an affair. It just made me think they both wanted to feel alive for 30 seconds in the marriages they happen to be in. That's what yeah, I t- it kind of felt like that's how they – because we've been there where you go for that kind of customary thing, and, it, mm-hmm. and then it hits wrong, and you, and you do a little lip yep. kiss, and you're like, well, that was a little awkward, but whatever. But that lingering felt like it was like how they greet each other at their, like, eyes wide shut meetings, yep. you know, their secret demonic sex parties or whatever the Democrats do. It was just a little too knowing and a little too direct, I think. Ooh, I, I'm, something, something's going on. Maybe that's why Biden was yelling. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's not on drugs. <laughs> he's just mad at the these whippersnappers trying to bone the thirst lady. Maybe that's what it's all about. <laughs> yes. I don't know, Chadwick. I don't know. Well, listen, it was it was fascinating stuff nonetheless. I really did get a kick out of it. My you so you said World War II military amphetamines. I thought at the very least Adderall. Um, I don't know. But whatever it was, there was a drop off because he screamed and yelled for 72 minutes at the State of the Union. By the way, stayed in the chamber an extra hour to talk to people. And then the next day, he slept through a CBS interview, a PBS interview. The interview yesterday was she's like, we sat down here today with Snuffleupagus and he's going to talk to us about the world. <laughs> I'm like, How did we go from screaming and yelling to Snuffleupagus unless there was some type of a drop off? I think it's I think it, it's complete. I think it's an open and shut case. I think so, too. Yeah. He, yeah. He was on a bench. He was probably up all night on whatever they pumped him full of. And then he had, you know, you yep. these, these speed addicts. He had to sleep it off the next day. Probably didn't eat for 24 hours. And, <laughs> and that's what we're left with. I was like, wait, what? The poor sign language guy. Because he's just like, come on, man. What, what am I doing here? You know, traditionally, if you get that gig, you're like, oh, I'm doing the State of the Union. You're like, wow. But in this case, you're like, oh, isn't there like an R. Kelly hearing I could be signing instead? What's going on out here? <laughs> Unbelievable.
Well, let's talk about this because Biden, uh, you know, the, the scuttlebutt is that he's la- he's going to run any minute now. And, you know, they're, they're clearly trial ballooning Kamala because if the New York Times is running anonymous sources saying she doesn't have the goods and the Post is quoting anonymous sources saying she doesn't have the goods, that in my head makes me think at the very least they're thinking about taking her off the ticket. Do you agree? Yeah, it's it's funny because what, what, what they're often saying and in those publications is that well, they really can't touch Kamala because she represents this target demographic of, you know, mm-hmm. if, they, if they remove her, that's this big insult to their, their voting base. Yet I think that's so insulting to black people who I feel like like Kamala even less than white liberals do. You know what I mean? <laughs> they totally do. Think about Kamala. She bragged about locking all the black people up for smoking weed. And oh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't forgotten about that. I know. And then she went on The Breakfast Club and was like, oh, I smoked weed all the time in college. But by the way, that wasn't sociopathic enough. She then had to throw in that she used to smoke weed and listen to Tupac and Biggie, neither of whom had recorded an album within 10 years of her being in college, by the way. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, no. So she's, she's like the Black Mayor Pete. Well, yeah. sort of Black Mayor Pete, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's Kamala Santos. Uh, it's a whole to do. It's, it's a hold to do. Um, but throw this at me, because if there is like, you know, we're reading today this. If Biden were to drop out of the race, I harbor this suspicion. I've had people come on the show, tell me I'm nuts. But people come on the show, tell me I, they agree with me. But I harbor this suspicion that I do really believe Hillary Clinton wants to run more than anything in the world. She's obviously not going to primary Biden. But my two step theory was she was number one, hoping for the Democrats to get beat the way everyone thought they would in the midterms so she could offer herself as a centrist alternative to Biden, who was going to be forced off the ticket. But because Biden kind of overachieved, they did better than people thought. It does look like he's going to run. But do you think there's secretly a world where she's holding out hope that there's an opening that she can run or am I nuts? Oh, I don't think you're nuts at all. Yeah, Chadwick. Yeah. Get that on tape. Go ahead. And my, oh, I hope I hope she does. I hope that world becomes real. Because how entertaining and fun would that be? Oh. Another Hillary. <laughs> Yo, you know, in the movie, in the movie Kingpin, Roy Munson, the Woody Harrelson character, gets like his hand chopped off, and he doesn't bowl for twenty years. But when he gets to the Reno Open, the guy he's coaching breaks his hand, and then Roy bowls with a rubber hand. They call him Rubber Man, and he goes and, and bowls against the Bill Murray character. I think Hillary wants to go to the Reno Open and bowl one more frame. That's been my theory. And uh, if she got a rematch at Trump all this time later, he kind of is bigger and McCracken, the flamboyant, you know, Bill Murray character who talks a lot of smack and has the ladies and the crass comments. <laughs> they should have the presidential debate at the Reno Bowling Open. That's what they should do, Chadwick. <laughs> Come on. I would love to see that. That would be so, so good. Uh, and Hillary does not Hillary does not want there to be another woman president, no. a first woman president, unless it's her, obviously. Oh. So she's not rooting for Kamala. Uh, yo, of course not. I was doing a, I was doing a radio interview uh, this morning, and someone brought up the idea that you know Hillary be, could wind up running against Kamala. Kamala, and someone said, "Well, Hillary will beat will beat Kamala." And I was like, "No, no, she'll literally beat Kamala." Like I don't know about votes. <laughs> but, Behind a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, some some Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan stuff, where she hits her in the knee with a baton. Like, there's no question. <laughs> yes. There's no question she would beat Kamala, which I think is crazy. And uh, I want to pivot, though, since we're talking about women and I got you on the phone. 
they're going after waitresses. Like, all this, we're not going to tax anybody making less than $400,000. If the IRS is coordinating tip compliance with restaurants, tip compliance means report tips accurately, meaning we want every last penny the waitresses make. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love this. Yeah, we're, oh, for the first of all, the lie, we're not taxing anyone under $400,000. Uh, uh, inflation is a tax. That, yeah. that is the tax. We've mm-hmm. all been paying it for a couple of years now. And uh, going after waitresses, yes, once again, the party of the little guy, you know, the working man, yeah. you know, they, they still want to pretend that they're these like first era progressives, these like kind of union Democrats that are all about like the blue collar America yeah. working folks. Give me a break. Watch <laughs> what they do, not what they say. And, oh. and here it is going after our waitresses, um, strippers. Yeah. Do they talk about strippers? Now, honestly, this never would have happened under a Bill Clinton administration. Never. No. You telling me, <laughs> you telling me he was going to flash dancers and handing out 1099s to the strippers. There's no way. None. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Zero. That's the, that's the problem. That's what we need back. You need, you need a 90s era Democrat. You know, a better example, like JFK. JFK would be considered a right wing strongman in today's Democratic Party. Even Obama would. Obama for saying things like, yes, we can. They'd be like, check your privilege, half white guy. What do you mean? Yes, we can. In this systemically <laughs> racist country. Yes, we can. Easy for you to say. Like, seriously, could, yeah. could you get elected with Obama policies 10 years after he ran on them? I don't know that you could if in the Democratic Party. Yeah, well, not not how he ran. I mean, you, if you remember, I, I remember really so vividly his big speech on race he gave from Philadelphia, which yep. was like quite a really, really good speech and very moving. Mm-hmm. And just was this very it wasn't blaming one group or another. Nope. It was just this very sort of honest you want to have a sort of conversation about race now. It's an integral part of the American story, and it's this kind of beautiful, horrible part of our history. He would never give that speech today. But then, of course, I think what we all realize is, is the man who ran was not the man who he became as president. You know, yeah. he, was, he was incredibly smart to realize that he had to run a certain way. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right that you couldn't even run that way now as a Democrat because they, you wouldn't win the primary. No way. <laughs> you couldn't try to have that image of, of uh, bringing, bringing America together and not being so obsessed with race. No, they have. It's everybody's a white supremacist. Get out of here. And that's anywhere in the party. Like here in New York, Kathy Hochul, if you remember, like literally at the beginning of the campaign, told the people voting for Zeldin to get out of the state. Get out of here. We don't want you here. That's what she said. Get out of the state. And a lot of them did. Uh, you know, we're losing our tax base. Everybody's fleeing New York. But imagine running. I've never we've never seen this in our lifetimes. And it's as recently as the most as the previous Democratic president. We've never seen anyone declare war on the voters. Politicians call each other names all the time. But the idea that you're calling voters like names is psychotic to me. But that's where we are. Yeah, and that coming from this hick from upstate who's just like, you're not real New Yorkers if you vote Republican. <laughs> and then you had all these guys from like Staten Island and deep Brooklyn responding to her, which is one of the best uh, yeah. best internet moments ever. <laughs> I got your Republicans right here, you know, the yeah, Staten Island. Yeah. That's well, funny. These, in, in, the, in the red states that are getting all these uh, California and New York refugees like Texas and Florida, you don't see them saying don't come here or get out. They're saying don't vote the same way when you come here. Look what you've let. Thank it's you. a completely different message than Hochul saying get out of my state. I'm trying to run a oh. one-party totalitarian state. It's, so, it's my favorite thing in the world is when you point to people and you say, well, you know, the most liberal states, the ones with all the gun laws you want, with all the climate regulations you want, those states are the ones everybody's leaving. 
and they try to give you some other argument, you know, like, oh, well, you know, people have been moving to Florida forever. I'm like, not in these numbers, girlfriend, you know, but it's because <laughs> yeah. it's the most basic things for all the wonky analysis that goes into politics. It really is at the most basic level that you find the truth. If more people are fleeing your state, one state and more people are moving into another state, there's no argument between which one people find better. You know what I'm saying? You can talk about policies in the long game, but look at it like a restaurant. Florida has a, a line three hours long to get in. People probably like the food better than New York, where you can walk in and find an empty table at any hour of the day. Yeah. That's yeah, what we're down to now. Sure. The restaurant index, Chadwick. That's the kind of hard-hitting <laughs> analysis I bring. It's kind of... But you're right. I mean, you're, it's, it's, it's observations on the ground. You can have people arguing on TV all day long about what study said this and what person said that, but just look at what's happening. Yep. And uh, these are the, the facts of the matter. And New York is losing far more people and has lost far more people than the numbers show. The, the, it's the, the net migration out is the people who are coming in are usually not citizens, so they're not counted. So it, there's still people coming in, but the, the, they don't measure the, uh, the total loss. They kind of replace it with those that have come in. So the number is probably much higher. Oh, yeah, totally, man. I mean, just look around. It's such a – it is. It's a mess right now, Chadwick. Yeah. I don't know what you got yourself into as a guy that was down in Nashville. Everyone's moving to Nashville, moving to Texas, moving to New York. You're like, no, nah, I think – you know that you know that place where everybody's running for their lives? I think I'll go hang out there. <laughs> you know what I, I always say to people? Because it's like New York is a spiritual dominatrix. If you like the beating, it's a great place to live. But you got to like the beating. They take your money. They call your names. They'll put out a cigarette on you. I mean, if you play your cards right, you can get peed on anywhere on 6th Avenue. Yeah, well, yeah, whether you asked for it or not. <laughs> Liberalism. <laughs> You're the best, buddy. We'll do it again soon, bud. Take, right, take care, Chadwick. There he goes, the great Chadwick Moore, and he's not kidding. New York, New York. <laughs> Get beat on whether you ask for it or not. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Heading back out on the road. We're going to be in Fat Cats, upstate New York next week. I'll be doing the show live from WIBX. And then I'll be at Fat Cats Comedy Club Friday night the 17th, Saturday night the 18th. Sadly, uh, all five of those shows are sold out. I mean, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm not sad about it. But if you wanted to get tickets, you can't. Uh, however, you can come by and drink at the bar, meet your radio buddy. So if you're in the area, certainly do. Uh, Friday night, March the 3rd, I'm at the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center in Federal Way, Washington. Saturday night, March the 4th, at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. And I'm back on the West Coast again in April. April 7th at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April 8th, I'm at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And then we come back to Jersey. I'll be at the Bananas Comedy Club in Bergen, New Jersey, April 21st and 22nd. And you didn't hear this from me, but I'm also going on a separate tour, the Laughs and Liberty Tour with Kennedy, host of Kennedy on the Fox Business Network. And we're about to start announcing dates for that. Uh, and one of them is coming up at the end of April. So get your game face on. We've got a lot to do. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we got some radio in the next hour. Diamond Dave Landau is coming by to have a discussion about Woke Disney, which announced it was laying off 7,000 employees yesterday, lost its special tax privileges from Governor Ron DeSantis, and has now been caught airing a new cartoon about the 1619 Project that, for all intents and purposes, 
calls everyone watching it a racist. That's what's going on in this country right now. That's mouse gone wild. We're going to get into it in the next hour. What the hell is the world coming to? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour for the full hour. I'm going straight Larry King. I've got a Viagra in me. I got the suspenders on. Of course, no one needs a Viagra when this this fine sweet tooth is in studio. I am, of course, talking about nationally touring comedic superstar Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Ahoy. And Howdy do. Happy to announce Diamond Dave with us, for, I can confirm, for the full hour. <laughs> so let's just do like let's just do like an 80s morning zoo hour of radio. Let's That's do what it. I propose. I'm down. Dave was supposed to be our last guest of the day. Uh, he was in the building already shooting something for Fox Nation. So I yes. was like, why don't you just come by and we'll just make it 1985? I uh, mean, and normally when you and I are on the air, it's like 1987 anyway. Yeah, we, let's just set it back two more years. We're only, we're only adjusting the coordinates on the time machine by two. Uh, but welcome back to New York. Um, does it, is it still, you know, what, what you left? It's better. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because when I left, it was during – it was. 2001, right at the end of the pandemic. Yeah, so it was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into the new LaGuardia, and I was like, "What is this place? Isn't it weird that it's nice?" Yes, it used <laughs> to be the worst airport on earth. What's so weird about New York is the city was went through a pocket where it was really nice. Yeah, and the airports were garbage. Now the yeah. airports are beautiful, gorgeous, and the city's a dump. Well, com- honestly, though, compared to the COVID days. Oh, okay, yeah, you were here for the end of times, New York. Oh, yeah, I lived in Harlem during it. Oh, well. <laughs> it was double end of times. <laughs> Do you want to know my favorite moment from the end of times when society collapsed during the George Floyd riots? Uh-huh. They were showing us the inside of that Dwayne Reed everyone had looted, and literally every shelf was empty, but there was a full stack untouched of cauliflower pizza crusts in the fridge. Yeah, I think we all know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Like, just nice it for free. You're like, I'm no, no. I don't want to waste. I, I won't even purchase this at Riot. No, forget retail. <laughs> not even at Riot will I buy. Yeah, not even if you give me stuff. <laughs> Nobody wants your cauliflowered crust pizza. Ugh. Uh, but yes, New York in a weird way. This is I forgot that you were here for that apocalyptic New York where stores oh. are like boarded up and looted. Everything, the yeah. Macy's, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, you ever think about just stealing something? Yeah. <laughs> like like maybe a Rolex store you'd walk by and go, maybe? <laughs> like I wouldn't actually do it, obviously. Yeah. But I thought about it a lot. <laughs> well, you, did you think about like protesting like for the, for the sake of your bottom line, you mean? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. there was – no, no. There were, there were a couple of nights where they were in Macy's. Oh, in, there were. In the departments I've never got to go near as like a cab driver. I couldn't afford that Macy's swag. Where right. I was like, I am one piece of oak tag with a BLM on it away from like a Versace leather jacket right now. Right. I'm just doing this in the name of a revolution. So let me ask you this. What percentage – when you talk about protesters, <laughs> what percentage do you think we're in it for the cause? Let's break it down. Percentage in it for the cause. Percentage in it for the swag, mm-hmm. which is the looting. Percentage just in it for the Instagram selfie or the likes. What do you think the actual percentage – was of people who genuinely cared. Oh, I'm going 70 for the Instagram likes. <laughs> Alone. Okay. And then 30 swag. 
that nobody cared. No, I, maybe maybe there's like a one percent that cared. Yeah. Maybe, maybe best case maybe. scenario. A lot of there's a lot of there was a lot of click fishing going on out there. Yeah, there's a lot of black squares. Yeah, that. I'm gonna put it that way. Let's <laughs> let's say that. I, I don't think any. Does anybody care really about anything anymore? No. Do you believe it? No. Let me give it to you because I have this theory. But this show's gonna end with like a, a militia being started and everyone just riding in the street and killing yeah. each other out because I have a lot of theories that I harbor. Me uh, too. And, and what I say is that you know. When people analyze politics, they always say, like, oh, we're living in two separate worlds now. But I don't think it's true. I think because of the smartphone, I think we're living in 330 million different worlds because everybody's phone is so carefully curated to make them the center of the universe yeah. that I think now it's, like, more important to demonstrate empathy as a brand. Hey, I went to the protest. Hey, I care. Here, here's the Ukrainian flag. But as a brand, more than as a person. Because most people don't have empathy as people, like when they're walking around. All the people I know, you know, that have that Ukrainian flag in their bio don't care about anybody. They're usually monsters. Right. Well, they're awful people who have to use a Ukrainian flag to have a personality. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's the first tell. Yeah, like taking a flag of a country you know nothing about Even and going, it is. that's me. That's who I am. <laughs> no, no, I'm that guy. Yeah, what do you like about that place? Oh, you know, the uh, the, yeah. the food? Well, no, the, you know what they like? They're like, what do you work for, the Kremlin? Who yeah. are you? Who's yeah. this Putin puppet over here? Yeah, then you go, what's the Kremlin? And they're like, I... Uh, I'll tell you what I like about Ukraine, democracy. You're like, yeah, they don't have it. Oh, well, <laughs> they, you know, I don't want them to lose it. They banned the other party. <laughs> <laughs> do you get anything that's going on over there? Wow. No. <laughs> they, no, they never – they don't know anything about anything. I think the whole point of everything now uh-huh. is just to go online and show other people how tolerant you are. Yeah. But it's all – there's no tolerance. It's yeah. just you're a liar. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about and you just want to get in fights about how great you are. But you're not. You're no. the opposite of anything great. You the, don't – you're ignorant mm-hmm. and you want to come off like you know everything. It's so true. There is so much like self-righteousness and just moral superiority that people run on now. Yes. That's most of like – you know, most of liberal media is just, you know, coastal elites telling their viewers that they're better than the middle of the country. Because mm-hmm. it's people, if you're paying 9300 a month for a studio apartment, you kind of question your judgment from time to time. Oh, sure. And they're like, no, 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 you're right to do that. You and your seven roommates and that, <laughs> and that pantless hobbit you step over in the, in the vestibule yeah. every day to get into the house. No, that was a good decision by you. Oh, yeah. I was just talking about, like, we were just talking about that show, San Francisco, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, the peace, love, hate, Ashbury days. Sure. Yeah, that still lives on in the $17,000 for a studio apartment feeling <laughs> you get. You know, it's cr- – it, dude, I it, everybody I think does something only for self-interest. Yeah. That's how I get in – that's how even the other night when I was watching the horrific uh, – State of the Union? Yes, yeah, State of the Union, if you want to call it whatever that was, where – by the way, they should really treat that like an Oscar memorial where it's like, <laughs> please don't clap till the end. Uh, but you watch that and it's like everything is just – it's just lie after lie and monsters and it's yeah. not real. And it, well, what was real was uh, the B-12 they shot the president up with. Extra. Thank you. Okay, so I've been asking people this all week mm-hmm. for honest assessments, but you and I as guys who've traveled as comics – and might have dabbled into some pharmaceuticals in our day. Yeah, I'm going crank. Yeah, I was going to ask, what yeah. did you think it was? I'm going full blue Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, because it was definitely something on the adrenaline side. And what's interesting, so I was talking about this with an earlier guest, Chadwick Moore, is that when you take an old man with like serious cognitive issues yes. and jack him up on adrenaline, they just get bigger. 
because you see more of them. He was a lot of speed slurring. There were a lot of words where he gave you half the phrase. Like yes. the famous one is, you know, we have to choose unity over Shagashma. Yeah. And that's that's not a choice. <laughs> or is it a choice? I never know if it's just the glue coming undone from his dentures mixed with the slur. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not pronouncing the word right, but yeah. then he also has to catch his teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's playing in a tough division. He is. It's not an easy thing. Rhetorically. And in the beginning, he was doing really good. Yeah. I was actually impressed. Like, the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, he's talking like a human being. He was very peppy. Right. And then towards the end, it was like, you know you're running out of juice. Like, <laughs> they, should be bring, they should bring the Sandman out and be hooking you off stage. Do you remember when you're... Your Walkman, the battery started to go and the music slowed down. Yes. Pour some sugar. <laughs> like, hey, what's going on, Devil? A Leopard? demon was talking. Hey, to get you. him some more sugar. What's going on here? <laughs> and that's what it was. But yeah, you can't, if you're listening in DC, and I know you are, you stop shooting up old people. You can't do it because it amplifies. Mm-hmm. It's like we've all seen an 80 year old woman with fake boobs and fake lips, Ugh. but she's surrounded by the other old. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't quite add up. And yeah. I felt like that's what we were looking at. Well, that's what it was. The whole place, it really did look like lizard people. <laughs> it just looked, it looked like the scene from The Witches, <laughs> like the original one with Angelica Houston. Wait, what was the show I liked? Uh, it was, I think it was called V. And oh, the guy, yeah. Yeah, the guy who played Freddy Krueger. Man, what is his name? Robert, Robert England. England. Robert yeah, England. Yeah, yeah. Where they would pull their faces off and they were yeah. aliens. Yes. Is that what's going on in Washington? Is it's got to be. Is not, that our next theory? <laughs> there's no way Chuck Schumer's a person. <laughs> Every time I see him, he's like hunched over, like he yeah. just, just yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. the diddling finger move. Yeah, where like, he, he, so bizarre, right? Oh, dude, we're all like, I'm. Here's the one thing that I do know, though, is my son. I was thinking about this the other day, like being locked up in a prison. Yeah, yeah. The benefit is there's a freedom to that because there's no expectation, right? Yeah. So there's an exp- There's no expectation he has because like the world's gonna end. Yeah, yeah. Like, probably before he has to really do anything. Is he talking to your son about this? Yeah. It's so a like, good talk. Yeah, 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 it's a good fatherly move. But if he's like, Dad, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I just have to be like, look, son, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's it just one day at a time, Are you, you that- know, <laughs> like, like it's AA. Are you that real with your kid? Because I had a great moment. Give, give me yours. Are you not, there? No. Well, he's seven, so not as much okay. like that level. But I do have pieces of that where it's like, yeah. you want to play drums? Just go, just today learn drums. And that's what he does. Like, don't. Don't worry about when I was a cab driver. Yeah, uh, I'm talking like 2010, like in the belly of the beast. Uh, Lincoln was like, you know, pretty, pretty uh, advanced conversationally. We were driving somewhere in my blue Hyundai Sonata. And I'll never forget. We we're going up the going up the road, Plumtree Road, where I used to live. Yeah. And uh, what should be an adorable moment. He yeah. looked at me in the mirror from the backseat of the car in the kid's seat. And he goes, Dad, he's like, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And I turned around and I go, listen, you stupid. <laughs> like, dude, I'm like, he really said that. And I really said that. I'm like, dude, I am playing a Ramada tonight for sixty five dollars when I get done driving this taxi for 12 hours. I'm about to drop you off at my mom's house and go drive a cab for 12 hours. He's like, I want to be just like you. I'm yeah. like, you don't want this. kid. You're like, son, uh, I tried to jerk this car into a river three times. <laughs> 
<laughs> if it wasn't for you, I would have off myself. But, man, that's crazy. But it's true. I have had a couple of those moments where it's like, Dad, I think I want to be a comic. And I was like, son, I would disown you. <laughs> I would prefer a transgender clown. <laughs> <laughs> it pays better. Yeah. Transgender clown. They're not getting audited right now. Yeah, have you cons- I know. We got to talk about this in the next break. Diamond Dave Landau is in studio. They're going after the waitresses. Do you? Be- I mean, that's a thing. Yes, they they are, and other people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like it's a, for me again. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy, man. I well, thought they forgot about one from three years ago, but just got my bill. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, so I've been I've been audited three times. Yeah. Once as a cab driver. Um. Once when I was, like, transitioning into this world, so I was still, like, picking up shifts. And then when I started my radio show, the gentleman who was very pleasant actually said to me, like, it's so weird to be on the phone. I was just watching you on Fox. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that played a role in the audit or anything like that. That's like, no, you shouldn't shouldn't tell me that. Right, you're like, hey, maybe as a fan you'd... No. Crunch some numbers? No, no. <laughs> play a little Make defense. Make it disappear. Tell the boys to win one for the Gipper. Yeah, you know please. What I mean? No, the Gipper was getting nothing but a oh, bill for $1,700 extra. Oh, I've had that, though, where, oh, man. Like, yeah, they've come at me for, it was you couldn't write off hotels. Really? And I go, yeah, I can. What do you mean? I absolutely can write off hotels. And they go, well, we're not doing a per diem anymore. We did it for years. We don't do it anymore. And I was like, so I have to put together all the receipts for the hotels, which yeah. obviously wasn't as much. It's why I took the per diem, but it was there. <laughs> so I did that, and it's like, okay, so this is now six grand. Now this is this. This is this. So uh-huh. now it's like to the penny I do everything. You know what I do? So spot on. I just put all of it on the same credit card so I know I have the receipt now for the next audit. That's why I made the Landau Calrissian LLC. <laughs> there it is. Because <laughs> what happened to me is – Everything was in multiple places, and what I'd wind up owing is like, oh, you made $1,900 here, and you owe us. And I'm like, oh, God, all right, yeah, fine. But my concern is I'm always happy to pay it, okay? But I'm concerned that if they're going after us over these negligible amounts of money, like they must be a lot broker than they're telling us. Well, especially when the money's not real. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. We have no gold backing. No. I mean, you might as well have just said NF- that NFT or yeah. FFT, whatever oh. it was, FTX. Oh, wow. The, the, the militia memberships are picking up speed now. I know, right? Just call that he, real. He and- just brought gold into the equation. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, sharpen our bayonets, and we'll be back after this. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Diamond Dave Landau is in studio for the full hour. Hello. Back in New York is East Coast Swing. Yeah. He was here. He is filming uh, Fox Nation's Who Could Forget? Yes. End of the series. What year were you covering today? I did uh, 85, 70, and... Uh, oh, they get, their, they get their money's worth because they flew you in. Yeah, 92. Yeah, like if you're here based in the building, you do one year at a time. Okay. But you actually get, wow, because they're flying you in. They fly you in, they put you up there, balls to the wall. They want you to cover everything. I do the whole shebang. <laughs> so 85 is a fun year. You get, like, the Bears, the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, that was WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So I got to make – there's only so many uh, painkiller jokes you can make, and <laughs> – 
I also said they were celebrating their uh, WrestleMania was celebrating 40 years. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, any day now, it should die of a steroid-induced heart attack. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we'll see what makes the cut. <laughs> <laughs> My man Davey, who's listening on WIBX up in Utica. I'm going to see him at Fat Cats next week. I always make r- wrestling references on the show because Davey grew up around 80s wrestling, which okay. was, I believe, 1985. We could have this talk quick, is when America peaked because you had a couple of things going for it uh, culturally. Okay, WrestleMania actually was monstrous because back then it was integrated with MTV. Hulk Hogan fought the Iron Sheik on like MTV on a Saturday night with Cindy Lauper and Wendy Richter involved. Yes, going up against Captain Lou Albano and the fabulous Moolah, and it was it was peak pop culture. But then you also had, of course, Super Bowl Shuffle, which took the Super Bowl into into a pop culture territory for the first time. Yeah, Mr. T. Thank you. And then uh, you know nobody likes to say it, but there was a time in this country where the Cosby Show was the single most popular TV event in the world and had really integrated entertainment on a level we had never seen before because every white house in America was now watching black programming. Oh, it was, he was America's dad. Thank you. And nobody really looked at him like a race either. No. I never watched the Cosby show. Like, you watching a black show. No. Ever. Never ever. looked at it like that ever. No. You that, just... Fresh Prince, actually, and Family Matters. I never looked at. No. And then eventually just Martin, good, funny, entertaining fun shows. shows. Yep. You know what I mean? And we might have, seriously, we might have peaked as a society in 1985. Oh, it's all been downhill. <laughs> Wouldn't you say the the cell phone is what's accelerated the decline, though? Absolutely. That's what I always say. We handed ourselves division, mm-hmm. and we also gave everybody a voice. And I'm not saying that I don't believe in freedom of speech and that yeah. everybody should be able to say what they want. Mm-hmm. I just feel that they shouldn't. <laughs> it's like when people say every vote counts. I'm like, no, no, no they don't. No, they don't. Like, <laughs> I, let's, I feel there should be an interview process. <laughs> and at the end, we'll be like, you get one third. How about, uh, yeah, you know, if we have a driver's license, yeah, where's the voting license? You, you need to have one. <laughs> well, I, uh, I just feel that we've got, I understand we all have equal rights, yeah, yeah. but we should take many of those rights away based on intelligence. <laughs> Let's play a little defense here. As long as we all agree. Yeah, you applied. The problem is if you did that, most of the people, it, it would never happen because the people in power would have to approve it. Right. And most of them don't qualify themselves. Well, what they want to do, though, is they all jump in, and if they don't create a division mm-hmm. or, you know, people who are the extreme, mm-hmm. they can't keep their jobs. Yeah, that's part of the hook. That's the, that's the issue. So we're, there's we're, no way there can actually ever be any solution. Yeah, what people don't realize is we're just living in a digital version of the Roman Colosseum now. Oh, it absolutely yeah, is. We're all just – somebody's just fighting a new lion every day. Well, we're all just fat sensualists watching it burn. <laughs> 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 Who's ready for some comedy, kids? Oh, sorry. Was we got that a not? quick commercial break, and we're going to come back with more words of wisdom about the full-on societal collapse that yep. Dave Landau has ushered in upon his return to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Save yourselves after this on Fox Across America. Introducing the all-new Woke Disney World, the first theme park to dump identity politics on all its guests. Mom, can I hit the boys' room? Sorry, honey, it's the they's room. Let me explain this to you one more time. It's okay, Mickey. I'll handle it. All of our rides have been updated, so our Woke employees won't flip out on us. From Snow White and the Seven Genders... I don't understand. ...to it's a small reassignment surgery after all. That was the weirdest boat ride ever. Woke Disney World. We've transitioned to a new business model, but the goal remains the same. 
All right, now, get out there and make me some damn money. Oh, girl. Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon woke Disney back in the news. Ron DeSantis taking the fight to the mouse on the same day Disney announces 7,000 layoffs. We get DeSantis declaring full control over the Reedy Creek Business District. The significance of Reedy Creek is that it was tax-free. No mo, Dave Landau. Dave Landau in studio. They're laying off mainly the human traffickers that work there. <laughs> it's so funny. At the parks. Did you ever, if you've ever gone to Disney World when you walk in, there actually is like a wall by the entrance of mm-hmm. people who shouldn't be in the park. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty big wall. You ever know one of them? No. no I'm kidding. <laughs> go. No, I, I brought my son there a couple of years ago for the most expensive day of my life. Oh, my God. I was there. Yeah. It's evil. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, there was like a tour of the castle mm-hmm. they wanted to do with my niece. They're like, yeah, it's only $8,000 and you get to meet Cinderella. It's like, that's Cinderella. It's an out-of-work actress who's broken. <laughs> this isn't okay. This isn't fair. You get yeah. 15 minutes with Cinderella. If you 1501, they put a cigarette out on your kid. Yes. They kick you into the moat outside the castle. I've been on the wrong side of that meet and greet. Yeah, there's crocodiles out there, real ones. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, Disney, what happened was they, you know, they got out of the lane a little bit. Yes. Which the reason they were able to charge what they were charging is it wasn't essentially the happiest place on earth. People could go there to escape and have a good time. Mm -hmm. And nobody was going and paying that money to be a part of some weird ideology. But they've worked it into everything. And I wanted to play these clips because I haven't heard them. They've been people have been covering them. But the Proud Family reboot is the show. Let's I'm going to walk through some of these. We've never heard them. So this is like last week when we did the thing with the squad. I feel like the, the term proud is like a, yeah. is there like a, a, is a double a proud initiative or something like I that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Know. We'll find out in a second. Let's dig uh, in. Here we are. I was told that we're going to get some rap. Here's a, a rap song about slaves building the country. It was always good for the kids. Oh, that's nice. Clip 45. Here we go. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. <laughs> and we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Followed by a, instantly a commercial for Cookie Crisp. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, what are they? What is that? I I have to be honest. I thought it would be more musical. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, Really, uh, uh, I, I, I do let my son watch this. I sit him right in front of the, the Disney Plus, and I go, I just want you to know why everything's your fault. <laughs> it's the uh, They're doing the White Devil Hour at 11, Lincoln. Yeah. If you could just get in front of the TV. Yeah, I just need you to know that uh, this is entirely uh, your privilege, and uh, you can come upstairs once you've repented. <laughs> what? Why would this be Disney? Disney invites kids for a game of pin the tail on the oppressor. Yeah, go ahead. Know? Enjoy. But this is what's so crazy about it. It's like, obviously, in terms of children's programming, this is absurd, number one. Yes. Number two, okay, the idea that, like, you know, they're really pushing, you know, this whole 16, 19 mentality on little kids, they're asking them, okay, to racially divide themselves. It's like they're looking for a new segregation. It's biz- it's really bizarre, dude. Well, the problem is they're telling – here's what I really have an issue with, mm-hmm. like, all jokes aside mm-hmm. – 
they're trying to tell black you have they're trying to separate black kids and white kids by going here you can't be anything because mm-hmm. your relatives were slaves mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to be anything because your relatives are white and mm-hmm. here's a show that explains why <laughs> you both get to be nothing uh, by the way, it's uh, $5,000 if you'd like to come to our park. <laughs> Do you want to come by? Yeah. Do you want to buy a Buzz Lightyear for eighty-one fifty? Right, exactly. We removed Tim Allen for a while until we realized that was a very bad idea. It didn't make money. Right, at all. We tried to replace him until we realized you didn't have a problem with him. Yeah. But that's all that is. It's telling people that they can't make it. Yeah. On both sides. It's weird. I'm going to give you one more clip. We're going we're gonna to muscle through this together. This as, is as hard, a though. Like, why would you watch this? You're just sitting there like, this is great. Yeah, come on. Isn't this great, kids? Can you imagine how many parents put this on, yeah. no matter what color, what, and we're you, like, oh, dear. Well, you know what? The only color of people watching this, mm-hmm. black people don't ask for this. It's, no, it's white, white people. people. This is white liberal people who hate themselves. Yes. Who it's now, it's become a brand. You know, we talk about this two things. Empathy is a, is a brand. It's not a trait. Yep. But um, white hatred is like a, it's a style now for white people. Yes. It's so fascinating. No, it's it's a couple that's allowed their child to pick their own gender, <laughs> and he's eight going, I've been a boy the whole time. And they're like, let's watch this. Because, <laughs> you, you know, not only have you been a boy, you've been a, no, no, you've been a racist. Yeah. You've been a, you've been a bad boy. You're a racist white boy, and you will watch this until it hurts. Oh, my God. So here it is. This clip is entitled, Lincoln Didn't Free the Slaves. Emancipation is Not Freedom. <laughs> Oh, no. This is, I mean, here's a healthy mindset for the kids. Dirty, dirty Lincoln. You know that country that elected a black man president? No, no, black people aren't free. You're actually so enslaved, they're making you run it, is what they're doing. Listen to this. This is clip 46. Horrible times. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for for the the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. No one knew what Juneteenth was until four years ago. Can I tell you something? I found out about Juneteenth. We're just being honest with our listeners. Yes. I was a cab driver. I got stuck behind a Juneteenth parade in Harlem. Really? Just to be clear, there weren't a lot of people at it. In an all-black neighborhood, it was still only like a big, like a reasonably sized celebration like four years ago. I'm from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never. No. And then one day, I'm not joking, I was by the Ebony greeting card section, uh-huh. and I just saw that. Yeah. And I was like, what's a Juneteenth? And then you looked. And then, yeah. And I was like, oh. And and now white people are having, like, Juneteenth parties. Well, and Well, you have to understand that this is all about being liked. Yeah. <laughs> it, how angry would you be? Uh-huh. If you are black and you're invited to a white person's Juneteenth party, <laughs> you just come in, you're just like racist hors d'oeuvres because yeah. they don't know what to make. Yeah, some white guy <laughs> greets you at the door in shackles. Yeah, you know. like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? What is going on? Because it's white people are the problem. And there's the thing, because you're right. Like you're allowed to hit us. All of this fake straw man racism stuff that yes. comes from white people is self-hating liberals who want to be liked by black people but don't even right. necessarily want to hang out with them. Like the funniest thing in the no. world with Black Lives Matter is they raised all the money as an organization, bought mansions in Bel Air, and then got the cops called on them by the white people who donated to the cause. Yes. It's my favorite story in the world. Ever. Yeah. Well, all the yeah, they took <laughs> They took all the money to help people yeah. and bought giant houses. Giant houses and then got the cops called on them by the white people who donated. What it's a all, dumb time to be alive. There's no reason. And why would you want to hang out with anybody? First of all, 
Walk down the street in New York like I did last night and mm-hmm. listen to any way that a group of younger black people talk. Mm-hmm. It sounds nothing like a group of white liberals. Yeah. It's the complete opposite <laughs> language you're going to get. Oh, that's And it's funny. hilarious to me. Well, Dennis is hilarious to me. He's in Salisbury, Vermont. Let's get Dennis in here. He says on the screen software he wants to talk to you and me. Dennis! Jimmy, Dave! Hey! I get to talk to both the sexiest man in talk radio and the sexiest man in comedy. Oh, you better believe it. You better have some singles. You better have some radio singles on the other end. A little greenery for the scenery. Listen, I'm calling, and this is still on the planning board, but I'm calling to invite all of you guys up to uh, Vermont's first annual equity fishing tournament where all uh, of the most successful fishermen have the uh, living daylight speed out of them by everybody else. (laughs) And and that's equity because why? Well, because... Because racism. I no, I agree. I mean, I I actually think I just called Dave a racist for no good. I mean, you you supposed to. I get well. That's I heard the song. Yeah, you know the that proud family did. <laughs> De- Dennis, I love this. Is your fishing tournament like that one I had to cover on America's Newsroom where they were putting weights inside the fish? Did you see that, Dave? No. There were people. This 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 guy. They won a fishing tournament, but then they cut the fish open and found the guys were putting like lead pellets inside the fish <laughs> to make it weigh more. Yeah, they had fifty pound. Per- yeah, the guy caught an 83-pound goldfish. Yes. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. A Civil War cannonball inside That's the goldfish. 47-pound bass as big as your hand. <laughs> Dennis, once we're done uh, checking our privilege, we'll get back to you on Salisbury's fishing tournament, okay? Sweet. You're the best, buddy. Yeah. Have a big day. Uh, it's so funny. But, yeah, every every one of these things, it's so weird. But everybody it's it's a white it is a white liberal thing. I'm not saying this as a politician. I'm saying this as someone who lives in New York. I it's only a see comic. It, yeah, exactly. You only see it in a very specific group of people. But I think the problem is it's like as a society, you could pull politics out of this because we have catered to grievance. You know what I'm saying? Like we always say as comic, people aren't nearly as offended as they're acting because mm-hmm. the act out of offense is what's getting them the currency. No one cares per se. But the fact that we're placating that is essentially empowering. We're empowering the worst people in society. I yes. think that's the issue right now. It absolutely like you, Disney. Honestly, you couldn't have said that better. D- Disney giving ten million dollars to a group of people to make rap songs about s- uh, black people not being free in the year twenty twenty three. Who do you think wrote that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I guarantee you. If you go into the writers' room, yeah. who do you think wrote it? Uh-huh. Honestly, yeah. It's four white dudes, three Jewish dudes, yeah. and maybe one black girl. Like, well, I, this is a job for well, me. Well, she's two-spirit. Yeah. Yeah, she's not black <laughs> per se. She's a two-spirit girl who used to be a man who's yeah. menstruating. <laughs> and, well, of course. Yeah, and you, how about you know how about demonstrating some empathy for her struggle as a two-spirit menstruating man? Well, yeah. I mean, we are, and, we are being insensitive. And people think we trivialize this, but I've played on this show, and have you seen the Mr. Rogers clips that are flying around right now? No. Let me play some of these for oh, you. Oh, goody. These are, I mean, think about this. I miss him. But this is how, well, he's about to be gone for good. So oh, because he's... lap this up. You're never going to hear him in polite society again. Because he changed his shoes in yeah. front of kids? <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom, uh, what's his name? Is about to apologize for playing him in a film, Tom Hanks. Are you like, serious? I'm sorry. I, the way, this clip makes the rounds. Listen to this. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If 
you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. That sound you hear is his star being scraped off the Hollywood yeah. Walk of Fame. What a monster. <laughs> this intolerant bigot. <laughs> Do you want one more? I, I don't know if I can stomach it, but sure. I mean, I just <laughs> want to give a trigger warning to our audience because what this man is about to sing to you is very hateful, inflammatory, transphobic, intolerant. Was was this take? Where was this recorded? At some sort of in a skinhead bar? Yeah, they were in a skinhead <laughs> shed. They were beating up people in okay. the name of intolerance, as Mr. To... Rogers was wont to do. That's oh, terrible. Yeah, it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood, unless you were trans, in which well, case Fred <laughs> no, thank was going to bring the rain. <laughs> beautiful day, as long as the neighbors were white. <laughs> Everybody brace themselves, because we're about to play you more hatred from that noted societal bigot and science denier. Big time. Fred Rogers. And if you were a fan of the scientific community, I, brace yourself. Your head might explode at the science denying you're about to hear from Fred Rogers. Here we go. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Somebody hasn't seen the billboard in Times Square. <laughs> what? He's gone. What is he thinking? He's done. We just ruined Fred Rogers. We can't do this. His whole family estate, not going to get any more royalties. Oh, he's done. Like, But understand, what he's singing is so basic, common sense, ridiculousness, like 1970. Yes. And he's singing to a bunch of five-year-olds. Going, yeah. And, and, and it was agreed upon by all of society that that man was being honest with those five-year-olds. And he was teaching them something like yeah. he did when I was a little kid, and I would put on Mr. Rogers and learn. Imagine. Yeah, like the sun goes up, the sun goes down. <laughs> Not for long. And now you're like, I don't think so. <laughs> you're like, this, 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 this. I don't know that it does. i got to be honest, Fred. Yeah, I think it's a bit much, Fred. What did you say? Only women can give birth? What are you? Whoa. Uh, why don't you step outside with me, Fred? Listen, that, uh, <laughs> I, know you... we named, I know we named that library after yeah. you. but uh, yeah. How about you put that uh, outdoor sweater back? on and mean you have a few words out on the streets. <laughs> Poor Fred Rogers is canceled. And it's, yeah, that's the weirdest thing. That's the worst thing he said, but meanwhile, him inviting you into the basement to show you puppets is fine. Everybody <laughs> was fine with that. What about the new Tiger guy, Daniel Tiger? Yeah, yeah. Did he also have such hateful things to oh, say? Man, I don't even want to think about it. I think they only made like nine episodes of that. You know who's definitely going down? Captain Kangaroo. Oh, he's done. He's, he's finished. They'll probably yeah. publicly execute him for his I, position. On gender. They may. They may. They may cartoonishly kill <laughs> Prince Wednesday. And Not only will he go down, they're going to 23 and me relatives that didn't even know him and kill them too just to make a point. Well, they have to. We can't have this kind of hatred on the air. No. Thank you for calling it out. Uh, we'll, go ahead. Just, I, sorry. No, I just threw up in my mouth a little during that whole segment, and I, I this Rogers guy has got to go. I want to apologize to all of our advertisers for playing the hatred of Fred Rogers. Yeah. Saying only boys can be daddies and only girls can be mommy. And we all know that's patently not true. Boys are boys from the beginning. What, who the hell does this guy think he is? What, what are you? What are you? <laughs> so saying a fake doctor? <laughs> Harry, that's it. We're suing. What? We're going to sue. We will hear the trial when we come back. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. When this ends, I'm taking my talents to TV. You'll see me with the great Sean Hannity tonight at 9 o'clock. 
Uh, tomorrow I'll be on the Faulkner Focus with Harris Faulkner. Tomorrow night I'll be back on Hannity. Uh, Monday you'll see me on America's Newsroom and back on Gutfeld Monday night. But in studio right now is a man you can see this weekend in person, in the flesh, no TV. You can touch him like a petting zoo. Yes. A heavy petting zoo, as they say. Very heavy. Diamond Dave Landau is going to be in Muskegon, Michigan this Friday, which is, of course, the uh, 10th. Of February? Uh, oh, Saturday, 11th, I meant to say. Saturday the Saturday 11th. Saturday the 11th. I forget my days. The Saturday the 11th, Muskegon, Michigan, and then he's going to be on the 25th in Newtown, Pennsylvania. That's right. I like that gig. I like that gig, too. Have you ever done the theater in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania? I'll be there the night before. Yes, you will! Yes, yeah, so that, that's right. Did you know that that town, really quickly, uh, Malchunk, Pennsylvania, only became Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania in the 50s because to boost tourism, they went out and bought Jim Thorpe's body. From his third wife. Seriously? Moved it there, built a monument, and rebranded the whole town Jim Thorpe. That's, That's incredible. A thing. That's the whole – ask about it when you're there. You could throw it at Google when you're done. It goes back to like 1954. And so I didn't know that till after the show because you know when you're at a comedy show? Yeah. Whenever somebody gives you intel, it's not good. Like you should make fun of Mark. Yeah. And you find out Mark's mom was just killed in a blimp accident. And you look like the biggest monster ever. Yeah. It was the one piece of local intel I've ever gotten to the comedy show that was good, and I didn't get it till after the show. Well, that's why eventually my town will be called Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> yes. Oh, stay away once from the— Once I go, I go digging. Yes. Yeah, stay away from the petting zoo. Oh, yes. <laughs> Some of those tigers don't know how to act. Uh, Diamond Dave Landau will always have this. I know. I, I, I really appreciate you having I'm me. I'm going to try not to well up. The show's over. Pay up. Get out. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.